Hello. Hi, everybody. I'm Sarah Westcott. I'm Katie Willie. And this is TV Rad, the podcast where we talk about books and the cocktails that go with it. Yay! Yay. <laughs> I can't wait to try our cocktail today. We will talk about it in a few minutes, yep. but I'm so excited about it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, Katie, how are you? What's I'm, going on? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. 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 It's just a Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday. Which yeah. we, I don't know if we've done a Monday. I don't think we've ever recorded on a Monday. Which makes it a little bit weird. Well, honestly, like, it, it helped me a little bit today because it's like something I was to looking look forward, forward to. to yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm super busy this week. Like, Aiden has, a, Aiden has like, makeup baseball games, like, all week long. Mm-hmm. This is his last, like, regular mm-hmm. season regular, week. Yeah. Um, so it's like, Monday's a game, Tuesday's a game, Thursday's a game, Saturday's a game. I'm oh like, my God. holy shit. So actually, we're not even going to be around on Saturday. We have to go down in the city for something, but you know, um, whatever. Uh, so yeah, we're super crazy busy this week. Um, but it just, you know, makes time go by fast at least. It does. So yeah. Unfortunately, it's like springish summer yeah, and who wants it to really go by that really fast? Want, but I mean, work time. That's true. Let's go That's by. Let, that can go by as fast as yep. possible. Yep. But Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Adam's got, um, his, uh, playoffs start tomorrow. He's got his oh, first wow, baseball okay, game okay. in playoffs, and his team's terrible. They're not going to do good. Aww. But his team's got um, some good people on it, and his team has some not so good people on it. And yeah. his coach is uh, he's a really nice guy, but he's still uh, at the mindset where like let's give everybody a shot to do everything. And yeah. it's like well, they're at they're at the point in time where it's like. They probably want to win. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's tough. We don't need to go all season long letting everybody that might want to pitch, catch, pitch, this whatever. Is, so. so John is a coach. John is one of the yeah. coaches. And like his philosophy is kind similar in a way. Like when you when you're coaching, he's like, I just want these kids to I want them to to enjoy the game. Right. Like I'm not trying I'm not out here like trying to of course winning is great. We love yes. to win. And and like this is me saying this as we're tied for first place, you yeah. know, in, in the league right now. Um, but at the same time, like, especially when playoffs come around, that's when his philosophy changes a little bit and he's like, Okay, so like you do really good over might, here. Yes. You do really good over here. Yes. And they, there, you might be sitting, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, one of those kids that sits more often is my kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good fielder hitting. It's just not there. Like, I love the kid to death and he loves the game of baseball, which is the only thing that I could hope yep. for. Um, and what's really crushing to me is that he's now 12. And this is his last year. And more than likely, this is the last the time that he will oh, play yeah. baseball. And it's really upsetting to me. Like, I'm getting emotional thinking <laughs> about it. It's really hard because we're a baseball family. We love mm-hmm. baseball here. Like, just to watch your kid, like, Aiden used to be a powerhouse hitter. Like, you know, when, when coaches would pitch, like, the ball would fly. Like, his his one one little league coach called him, like, um, uh, basically, he was like his Babe Ruth or whatever, yeah. you know? And it just, Aiden is a, he's a skinny kid and he doesn't have a lot of muscle and there's not a lot of power behind it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's tough. And, and I love watching him play, but, and I hate seeing him be bummed out that he can't help his team so much with hitting, but he still has fun and he is a beast in the field. So like that, that helps. Um, um, it's just I'm like I'm getting very like oh my god this is the last time I'm gonna watch my baby play baseball probably if he wants to try out for I would love for him to try out for Modified school teams whatever, yeah. yeah but I just don't know if he's gonna be interested in it I don't know if he'd make a team so it's tough yeah it's a really tough situation oh that's so sad fucking being a parent sucks sometimes 
hard. A lot of times it's really hard. I know. I know. It's like bittersweet moments, like as they're growing up. And, you know, Sophie, she doesn't do shit. So, (laughs) I mean, she's just not a sporty kid. So, I... I'm trying to get her to run a little bit and, and that's not really sticking yet, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're at. With yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I got a picture from Luke today. Uh, we stopped. Adam had a soccer game yesterday. He's like, Can we stop for ice cream. And I always say we might stop for ice cream. And then I see the line and I'm always like, I don't want to stop for ice cream. Mm-hmm. Usually I have to pee. I don't want to <laughs> stop and stand in a long line outside. So anyways, so yeah. f- yesterday I finally stopped for ice cream. And um, I came inside when we got home and he was still sitting in the car reading because it's a five minute drive. From, right. But yeah. he picks I up the book, that. which I, I do, too. Adore it. And he's sitting in there eating his ice cream. And then so Luke sends me a picture this morning. Apparently, he came inside and he wasn't done with his ice cream and he put it in the freezer, which we do all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not done with it, put it in the freezer. Yeah. However, it was an ice cream cone and it was laying <gasps> down, <laughs> oh, which no. didn't make a mess. So I have to assume he stood it up in the freezer and it first just fell and down. it fell over like yeah. when he shut the door. It got top heavy or but, something, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> looked at it and i was like oh my god he's 10 Luke goes yeah i know i i I forget that he's 10 sometimes i go no but he's 10 so he should know to put it in something he goes well i'm 43 and i looked at it and i shut the door and left it in there like that and i was like oh my god where do i live oh my god that's so funny that's so funny (laughs) i love that i love that I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to our little housekeeping section here or I what? Don't. I love the fact that we just talked about baseball in, with know. this book. Like, I know. Oh, my God. The, so it's nostalgic. It's not a baseball book, yeah. but no, it's, it's summer. Not. It's so, summer you know. and it's something. Yeah. So. All right. So let's jump into it so we can taste this uh, this cocktail. Let's yes. go into our prologue. Prologue. All right. <laughs> the prologue. So. Summer Sisters by Judy Bloom, my favorite book. Um, published in 1998, I could not for the life of me find a month or a date at all. Really? Yeah. And what was weird is that when I was looking it up on Google. It's not, on, not even um, on like Goodreads? I, no, because on Goodreads, it says that it was published in 2006. So that's and probably I was the like, paperback. That's probably the paperback. I was wondering about that because I'm like, wait a minute. Did I think that I read this way earlier than I thought I did? That's and awesome. like. Um, but this book says 1998. It just does not say a month or a date. Uh, for my little fast facts, Judy Bloom um, had never been to Martha's Vineyard or like Nantucket or anything like that. And really? Her, yeah. And her husband took her or boyfriend. I can't remember if it was bo- boyfriend or husband at the time. It was back in 1983. And she fell in love with it. And they ended up getting a house there. And she actually wrote this book on the vineyard. Okay. Um, I think she started writing it in about 1993. And her original plan for the book was she just had this idea about two friends may 4th 1998 how did you fucking find that i looked up the isbn okay may 4th 1998 okay i was um 14 and i'm fairly certain like this is a hardcover book i'm fairly certain i bought this when you were 14 when i was 14 and read this for the first time when i was 14 and then like i would read it occasionally after that and like i hadn't picked it up in a while yeah, so her original idea, she she just had this idea that she wanted to write about two friends who were summer sisters, and um, she knew that one of them was going to marry the other one's first love. Oh. So, like, that's where her the whole story came from. Um, so, with my little fast facts aside, let's 
talk about our cocktail, Katie. Yes. <laughs> so we are drinking a cocktail called Pussy Power. Woo! It's like literally my favorite <laughs> ever name for a cocktail. I love this. And it is gin. It's supposed to be a martini. We're drinking it on the rocks, but it's uh, gin. It's supposed to be mango juice. Sarah wasn't a huge fan of that idea. <laughs> um, so she sent John to try to find peach juice and he came home with peach mango juice. So yes. And um, simple syrup and lime juice. Yep. Let's Fresh, freshly squeezed, freshly lime squeezed juice. limes by these own hands, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is definitely a martini, right sure there. Sure is definitely a gin martini. I actually really like it. I figured you would. And I think that I think that the peach with the mango is probably the reason why yeah. I like it because I just I remember having a mango cocktail one time and I was just like, this honestly tastes like nothing to me. Like mango doesn't have a very strong it's not flavor. Very, no, and it, the flavor that it has isn't very like it's not. This is gonna sound weird. It's not like a soft tasting fruit. It's yeah. like a I don't know. I yeah. want to say gritty. But I don't think that's right. But anyways. Well, when we were talking about it this morning about what we were going to do, um, you had mentioned... I was eating it. <laughs> yes. Yes, you were eating it. You sent me a picture of your mango. But um, it was it's funny because I was saying, Katie, like, I have orange juice. Should we maybe try it with something like orange juice? And then you brought it up peach. And I was like, yes, absolutely. And, like, it makes so much more sense yes. to me because a peach is, like, the kind of fruit that almost always like is, people think yeah, of or like is, is stands in for yeah. uh the female anatomy yes so um, comes with its own fuzz and everything exactly exactly <laughs> so uh i i'm gonna take another sip of it really quickly because yeah, give me give me a little buzz in my head real quick mm -hmm. mm. we didn't pregame this one so we did not let's that's actually it really goes. good it's like really softens the gin because i'm not a gin girl I, it really softens the gin yeah. in it, which thank god Whew. Remember the gin bucket? Did you ever do a gin bucket with us? Nope. What? I don't think so. You've never done a gin bucket with uh, us? Wow. I feel like I have to have a party and do a gin bucket. Okay. Everybody gets sick, though, afterwards. Like, I mean, I did a fishbowl. Yeah. Yeah. That was here. That was here, too. Yeah. That involves sick. Yeah. But <laughs> the gin bucket, you get sick afterwards because, like, every, everybody's dipping their, their oh, you mean turkey like, baster oh. into this. Oh, you you. Drink it with turkey basters. Okay. So what, what it is, I'm sorry, this is a total tangent right here before we go into, before it's we totally do fine. the synopsis this is what and we go do. into the story, whatever. Um, when we were in college, we went to this party and they had um, a gin bucket and you literally walk up to it and there are, it's just, uh, I believe it was Sprite and gin just in this gigantic bucket and turkey basters kind of floating around and you just take a turkey baster, fill it up and shoot. Shoot it in your mouth. And then drop the turkey baster drop back Drop the in. turkey baster right Got back it. in. This is way pre-COVID, way pre-anybody caring about fucking, caring about shit like that. I mean, you go to college um, to get all your exactly. germs Yeah, out. exactly. So we fell in love with this idea. And like every party after that, we were like, got to do a gin bucket, got to do a gin bucket. And we haven't done it in so long because literally every time we would do one, everybody, everybody came down to, everybody came down with the flu. Everybody. <laughs> so then one year we all ended up buying our own turkey basters and we would put we put them in like our a holster mm -hmm. uh-huh like mine i remember i had my name on it i painted pretty Be pictures bedazzled on your turkey baster i sure did i fucking kept that turkey baster still for use that while. on thanksgiving by any chance oh i wish i had it still i really wish i had it still but i think after we moved from the apartment into the house i think i got rid of it yeah. um but that was so much fun and like it really another nostalgic thing there like, you go we're gonna talk so much about nostalgia in a little bit <laughs> But like, yeah, it's totally something I think I should do at a at a party sometime soon. Just have a bunch of turkey basters and be like, "Here, this is your party favor for the day." Okay, please carry this with you. Um, no red solo cups here. 
Uh, Katie, why don't you Based read yourself. a synopsis for, for Summer Sisters? You got it. I forgot that we do that part. We sure um, do. <laughs> in the summer of 1977, Victoria Leonard's world changed forever when Caitlin Summers... Is it Summers or Summers? I, Summers? Summers. I think Summers. I think I you always said Summers. summers. Yeah. Okay. Chose her as a friend. Mid-sentence. <laughs> Dazzling, <laughs> reckless Caitlin welcomed Vix into the heart of her sprawling, eccentric family, opening doors to a world of unimaginable privilege, sweeping her away to vacations on Martha's Vineyard, a magical wind-blown island where two friends become summer sisters. Now, years later, Vix is working in New York City. Caitlin is getting married on the vineyard, and the early magic of their long, complicated friendship has faded. But Caitlin has begged Vix to come to her wedding to be her maid of honor, and Vix knows that she will go for the friend whose casual betrayal she remembers all too well. Because Vix wants to understand what happened during those that last shattering summer, and after all these years, she needs to know why her best friend, her summer sister, still has the power to break her heart. I freaking love the ending of that because it's so. Ugh. It is true. Like it's. The story. One of those things that you think about when you're reading a book like this is like the friendships that come into into and out of your life, and like. Um, you know, you, you're not always going to be friends with the the people that you are friends with at 12 years old. Nope. You know what I mean? So reading something like that and like the heartbreak that she still brings on her mm-hmm. when she's 25 to 30 years old, you yep. know, it's, um, it's something we can all relate to. Absolutely. So now, because this is my favorite book, I need to ask you, Katie. No, we started, <laughs> oh wait, did we normally start with... Yeah, I need to ask okay. you if you liked this book and what I you thought about this book. I adored this book. So I sent you a text. I must have been like, I don't know, 50 pages in. And I sent you a text that said, this book is tingly and super reminiscent. Mm-hmm. And that I adored it. And it just kept going on from there. Um, so it was not like you never felt you didn't like it after after that? No, like there was nope, never a part nope, where you were like, okay, don't nope. like this book. i not a huge fan of the unclosed ending but we know that <laughs> yeah yeah we'll talk we'll talk about that we'll definitely talk about that um but i did i did very very much like it and yeah. i i my only criticism against it would be i wish that it was 10 years later so it's the summer of 1977 if it was the summer of 1988 i would have been like yeah that much more into yes, it yeah that, just because then it's your it's more, like it's like yeah, you yes yeah. exactly but i mean a lot of the same i never went on vacation to martha's vineyard i've actually never been there but neither have i and i didn't have like a friend that we went away for but it it reminded me very much of um one of the girls that i was friends with in middle school and she lived down the street and she had a pool and we would spend hours upon hours yep. upon hours playing in her pool yeah. and making up dances and pretending <laughs> to be mermaids and doing a whirlpool yep, and like exactly and then all the things that came with that outside of the pool too was yes. just like yeah uh and i'm w- still friends with her okay. i don't see her so if like, i see her we'll like stop and talk for a while yeah, she still lives in the like, area there's always there are those friends that like when you when you see them you know you might not talk to them all the time but when yeah. you see them you kind of pick like, up huh? and yeah. Vix and caitlin are a lot like that yeah. like even though that there was there was some like animosity there for certain things like Vix was always going to be there for caitlin right. no matter what she needed right she's and always going to answer the phone call in exactly, the middle of the night exactly and even though caitlin was the more selfish friend like i still think that even if they needed her caitlin would 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 be there respond yep would respond to her yes and um i i have like you know complex feelings about caitlin and vix and in obviously in particular but um like there's a couple of characters that i'm just like ah some of these you know whatever i've always loved the trope of 
uh, one one poor friend with one rich rich yep. friend and you know like i don't know why like it's just i think it's kind of the way that i grew up i definitely like you know i grew up on the poor side and like just having those friends that you know seem to have everything and they always included and didn't you mind sharing. exactly yep. they included you in that stuff i didn't and... have a pool that's why we went to christina's house right like... right i didn't have a pool until i was much older and it, it you know i mean um then my house kind of became that kind of thing when we did get the pool but uh other than that it was like you know those friends who you go to their houses and you share those things with them and no i didn't go on vacation with any of these friends but it's kind of like that i know i can physically remember spending most of my summers with my best friend megan at her house and she had this gorgeous in-ground pool and like her mom would uh she made like a, a counselor come over that would teach us how to like teach give us swimming lessons at oh, her that's house cool. yeah so like it, it's that kind of thing and i just remember being in that like with that family thinking i was part of that family yeah. and um yeah, we I, just ate swiss cake rolls <laughs> what's that we just oh ate you just swiss ate cake swiss cake rolls. rolls yeah no i don't i'm sure we ate a lot of crap <laughs> um but it, it was great you know i i felt like part of her family she had a lot of siblings and and whatever that's cool. and yeah it was a lot of fun and even my sister was involved in a lot of that, too. Like, my sister came with you us. You guys aren't so. far apart in age, either. So that yeah. helps. No, we're only 16 months apart. So, um, so yeah, that definitely helps with that. You know, she was always... We were always pretty much friends with the same people, basically. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I have so much to say, kind of. You know, and I almost don't know where to start. So start. Um, we've already said how to... Like, what a nostalgic read this is. And it's all because of that kind of thing. Like, you're looking at the life of a, you know, this girl growing up from 12 to, I guess she's in her 30s by the time it ends, basically, or close to 20, you know, she's definitely, when Caitlin calls her because she's getting married, she's 25. And that's in 1990, I think, or something. Maybe I'm wrong about that. So I don't know. It's fun to like, I'm trying to figure out where I know she said, yeah, summer of 1990. So by the time it ends in 1996, she would be 31. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, you're thinking, oh, this is kind of cool because I'm watching these kids grow up. And um, it almost felt like I almost felt a little bit like Abby and Lamb, like watching them grow up and like bloom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you kind of felt a little. Yes, we are. I was also a teenage girl and I felt that nostalgia as well. But I was also reading it as. I am now. It's just taking a step back yes. and watching it happen. Yes. Yeah. Because and not again, interfering as much as exactly. you would and think like, that people should. Yeah. And like, I first read this book when I was 14 years old. So I was more in their mindset. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, as a fucking 38 year old woman, I'm like more like yeah. seeing the adult side of things. And you don't really get the adults much. There's little, those little break in chap- chapters, you yeah. know, or paragraphs yeah. basically. Um, but like the only adult I really didn't care about was tawny uh vix's mom like i thought she was a horrible ass bitch yeah yeah she just basically did exactly what her mom did well her mom didn't leave her but she left the whole family yeah yeah no she was a horrible person like she constantly blamed vix for things that just didn't seem well how would vix have anything to do with that you know what i mean yeah but i think that also she when she came out to martha's vineyard and it was just her and vix and it was like oh this is how it could have been if we didn't have too many kids exactly exactly i wasn't worried about everything else and dealing with nathan and yes because nathan had cp right mystic no mystic fibrosis (laughs) oh cystic fibrosis (laughs) right is that sister no muscular dis muscular sclerosis 
<laughs> wow, there's so many. Oh my god, I can't remember. I it was know. like muscular dystrophy. Is that the one? You're, maybe it was sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis. One of the things. One of the things. Either way, he died of it. Um, no, and he divided, d- divide, oh my good lord. Well, this he got is pneumonia. A good cocktail. He got pneumonia, right? Is yes. it, and that's how he died. But and that was horrible. Muscular dystrophy. It so was you muscular were right. dystrophy. Okay, yes, I actually knew somebody in school like way before I moved out to Skaharie. So I was super young, like younger than Vix and Caitlin mm-hmm. when the story starts who had muscular dystrophy and I I won like a reading contest like it was built to like get donations for him and stuff and I do know I can't remember how old he was but when he passed away I think he might have been like 18 when he passed away uh, it was super so, sad yeah super sad um but like I do have that memory like I got to ride in a limo to Pizza Hut which is <laughs> pretty with him like with him it was me i was i was on the news too so that was kind of neat i was rereading this katie again like i said as a 38 year old i was genuinely surprised by how it started with like vicks getting the call from caitlin that hey i need you to come back and i'm marrying your ex-boyfriend like and i'm like oh my fuck i got i totally forgot about that i loved kind of like Go stepping back in and like not remembering and that's how it that. Started. Yes, yeah. exactly. I I'm like torn between enjoying that, but then also the whole rest of the book, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you know that they're not going to end up together, right? And, right. But at the same time, it was more like, well, what the fuck happens between them that all of a sudden causes that? That's what, and I think that's where that that tension. Like you still get that yeah. tension that builds yeah. up, and you you know what's coming. And like the pit in your stomach. Exactly, exactly. And honestly, reading it this, rereading it this time, when she's talking about Brew, who, you know, who was Caitlin, Caitlin was going to marry, but was Vix's first love, you could tell, like, rereading the story, I'm just like, wow, this is kind of a, kind of a toxic relationship. Like, Brew doesn't really want her to do certain things, doesn't want her to grow up and like whatever. He just wants her to stay here at the, at the vineyard and like whatever. Um, and obviously that's not a super healthy relationship. No. And but if it was something that she wanted to do, that could have bloomed into sure. exactly what it needed Absolutely. to be. Absolutely. Yeah. But you could tell, like, she was bored. You know, right. she was like, is this the only thing I'm ever going to do with my life? Yeah. It's just brew, like, uh, and whatever. So, um, I remember, like, reading this and, and, like, those little tiny snippets of Gus. I'm like, wow, I don't remember, but I really fucking hope she ends up with Gus. I freaking loved Gus. The I whole, loved The whole time Gus. through, I'm like... I want him. I, I want them. I want them to be together. He calls her cough drop. It is so fucking cute. <laughs> and I was just like. He's the oh. one that she was laying on the beach with, right? That was when she was like. No, that was Brew. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. They're that, like that summer when they all turn, when they turn 17. Yeah. Um, That's when Brew and Vaughn can finally basically like make their moves yeah, on them. Okay. So like, okay. yeah, it's, it's him that she's right. doing that. I wanted, I, in my mind, for some reason, I was thinking that it was Gus that she was like the, the whole like visualization of yeah. her sitting between his legs and leaning up against his body. I yeah. like, I, I that, that to be Gus. That mm. whole feeling and all the emotions that that brought up of oh hell yeah previous and like being that age yep. and like ugh. absolutely absolutely because listen you know like we've both been married for you know you've been married what Fucking fifteen forever. years now yeah, sixteen yeah. sixteen years <laughs> I'm fourteen years coming yeah. up this this month and it's like that kind of. Yeah, you have those little kind of moments still, but they're so few and far between. And when you're first like falling in love with somebody, you just want to be touching that person all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now for me, it's just like, stop touching me. <laughs> just don't touch me. 
<laughs> you're in my space. You're, why are you like, why is your leg creeping over on my side of the bed? Get the fuck over there. And like, that's just to say, I just like my own space. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I still love my husband touching me plenty. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that you kind of grow out of as it's, right. Cause it's the unknown and, yes. it, and, and it's, it's uncharted territory yes. and, and that awkward of, where are we going to go from here mm-hmm. and what's the boundary and what is there a boundary? And I actually flagged someplace. It's probably like the same scene if I had to guess, because probably what happened. <laughs> he reached up and caught a strand of her hair as it blew across her face, then tucked it behind her ear, letting his fingers drift to her neck across her shoulder, down her arm, making her breasts ache and her power tingle. When he got to her hand, he turned it over. If he kissed it the way the countess once had, she'd faint. Faint dead away. She'd tell him it was the sun, that she had passed out from too much sun, but no problem. He traced a line across her palm instead. She could hardly breathe. So this is what it's like. This is how it feels. And I was like, <sighs> yeah, that's that definitely- might have been somewhere around where I texted you and said I had to put it down because I was around too many other people while I was reading this <laughs> and I cannot read it around other people right now. Oh, my God. Well, there's a lot of there is definitely a lot of. um I think I think what I loved most about this book when I was especially when I was 14 and, and certainly rereading it because. I think I I think I definitely as a kid read it quite often. Like at least once a summer I would pick it up and read it. And like that kind of thing like they these are girls who are growing into like sexual beings and like women and whatever. And like the first the first summer that they meet up, they discuss their power and mm-hmm. they call they call it the power with the tingle that they get in the, between their legs when, you know, they're rubbing Scissoring, up. essentially. Scissoring, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're literally, like, rubbing it up against each other. And it was only for that first summer because, you know, they're learning about their sexuality yeah. there. And, like, they they discovered something about themselves. And they call it the power because they think it's, like, this incredible thing that like I mean, can let's hold be sway over people let's be honest it does it is and it, it absolutely does. <laughs> is and it does correct so like they're not wrong you know what i mean and like judy bloom i feel like wrote that so perfectly in my opinion like there was one little gripe i have about it is that is that it's kind of like never talked about again only in the sense that the following summer they bury vixen and cassandra i think yeah. they call it or vixen, whatever. Vixen, vixen, and yeah, cassandra. vixen and cassandra and say you know we we're getting too old we can't use our power together anymore which right. totally get that yeah. you know if they are like that's if that's their sexuality is not that then they shouldn't be doing that you know right. but like there's nothing wrong with experimentation in that Agreed. sense and Agreed. um i love that she wrote it into the story as a way to like this is a natural thing that girls do yeah. you know what i mean i love that so i wrote down as addicting to read as every other judy bloom book ever has been and it hits right to the core of all coming of age books mm-hmm. because she wrote it exactly in the way that i feel like it happens for everybody yes. where you kind of test your boundaries and figure out what you're Absolutely. doing and then be like all right so we did that we know we did that yes yeah. we're gonna move on yeah and it we got it mm-hmm. we're good mm-hmm. we don't need to talk about it with anybody yep. it can be just our secret whatever um and i mean i know uh caitlin talks about having like uh experiences with women in, in her future mm-hmm. like when when she goes to europe and stuff but who knows if that's a not also made up bullshit exactly she's just exactly. telling vix to try to get her to come visit her yes because which she I felt like that's all she did for the whole second half of the book was try to get vix to come exactly visit her. yes and vix is obviously busy with her life you mm-hmm. know um it's it, it made me sad that like they they grew apart like that but at the same time like caitlin is just this 
person who, I don't know if I'm going to explain, like she's an all encompassing kind of person. Like it's either all or nothing with her. And like, it's all her ego wise. Like it's everything. It's that's why she's such a selfish character, you know, like Vix is this person who cares about other people. And sure. I know Caitlin cares about those other people too, but she shows it in a much different way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she's more quiet about it and more of an actions instead of a look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me and drawing the attention. Right. Did you tell me that this is going to be a movie? I feel like I saw that it was um, recently. Like recently, I feel like I saw that um, that. Yes. And now I can't remember who is going to play who or if that news had even come out or not yet. Um but I can't fucking wait to see it on the screen. And, like, this is one of those books that's kind of, like, yeah, it's, like, 400 pages long. But, but it's such a fast. It's fast read. Like, there's so much stuff in here that they can cut out easily without losing any of the good stuff that is needed. You know what I mean? Um, I would love to see this on screen. I would, I would be, like, first in line the day that it comes out, I feel I like. I feel like it's not... It's not coming up. Far enough at, uh, in Into to be yet. on IMDb. Okay. So. Okay. Well, maybe we'll figure. Um, I swear I saw news of that somewhere and I just can't remember where it was. Anywho. So back. To, so there was a couple of things that just stuck out to me that as super nostalgic and everybody, um, you know, like our age is going to know what I'm talking about when I say this. But there's one point on page 46 um they uh this is like her first visit to the vineyard and they're going to visit um lamb's friend trish and trisha and um they have to get in the car and they push like caitlin and vix in what they call the way back yes and i'm like sitting backwards in the station wagon i fucking love that (laughs) i fucking love that because it's just like i that was the best place to sit it was the best place to sit but so many people got pissed off when they had to sit there which i don't understand no i loved looking backwards yeah like I thought it was the coolest place to be like yeah. I'm whether there was you. whether it was one of those station wagons that actually had that backwards facing yep. seat yep. or you were just yep. in the back and leaning against the yes. middle seat. Yeah. yeah. My babysitter actually had the seats. Yeah. And so we would fight to be the people who sat yeah. in the way back in the way back. And uh I just like just even just reading the words the way back yeah. <laughs> that like hit me <laughs> to my core. I was like, oh my God, that brings me back to so many days. Uh, like uh, of summer when I was at my babysitter's house and, you know, she had, she had me and my sister, she had her two kids and there was, I think one other kid that came as well. So there was like, you know, this Enough group of, of five us, yeah. of us. And so we had to, we had to do that. And it was always a fight over the way back. So I'm so confused why people didn't like, didn't like it. Yeah. Maybe it makes some people sick, which I understand. So in that same thought conversation, yeah. uh, that was, I, <laughs> When I was first, I'm not going to, this is going to probably sound bad, but when I was first learning about Rosa Parks, I could not understand why she didn't want to sit in the back of the bus because I always wanted to sit in the back of the bus. Yes. Understandable. I get it now. Yes. She was forced to go there as opposed to wanting to go there. But why didn't everybody want to go there? Uh, That's kind of, I always, I can (laughs) super remember being like in school and wanting those last seats. You always wanted to be the ones to look out and like maybe give the finger to some cars. Do like the air horn yes, exactly, out the back. Exactly. You had to be Moon like that. people. Yes. Whatever. Um, so I did flag like a little bit of a quote about like this is why I didn't like Tawny, um, Vix's mom so much. And like, yeah, when she you see why why she's like that, but then at the end she 
once Nathan Lee dies, like she just le- like up up and leaves She's her like, family. She's just I'm like, out. peace out. I'm done. Like yeah. I I'll see you Fuck later. Fuck you, middle two. Yeah, like Vix was already pretty much gone. Yes, but, yeah. Like, Vix had her own. Was shit. it Laney and Laney and Lewis? Lewis? Yeah, okay. I think so. And like that kind that just broke my heart because you have these kids like Vix and Laney. I believe shared a bed. You know, like so you know these people were super poor. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Nathan who they like, you know, basically Vix was like a second mom to him. She, Tawny really relied on Vix a lot to mm-hmm. take care of him. And that's why when Vix is 12 and, and Nathan, I think Nathan was eight when she went to on the first, for the first trip, Tawny's just like, no, I need you this summer. I need you here. And like, I loved that her dad was, was like, like oh, such an advocate, let like yeah. let her go, let her be a yeah. kid for Christ's yep. sake. She's 12. I mean, what the hell? So there is... Um, also, then we don't have to feed her. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, that's one less mouth to feed. Um, so, like okay. This. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Katie's now looking at my dresses. Oh, just I love dresses. Like. So do I. They're my favorite. Um, okay, so on page 60, she says, huh, um, was the cont- Countess going to... Is that how to say that? Countess was going to die? Was that what Tawny meant? Vix didn't ask. She tried to stay out of her mother's way, but as the end of the school year approached, Tawny was always hostile, blaming everything on Vix. One night when the chicken she was supposed to baste got overdone on the grill, Tawny yelled, look at this. She jabbed a fork into a piece and waved it around for the other kids to see. If Victoria weren't so self-centered, we wouldn't have to eat burned chicken tonight. Uh, Vix ran to her room and didn't come out. Later, while she was finishing her math homework, Lainey said, you know why she hates you. Vix looked up from her notebook. It's because you get to escape. Mm -hmm. And like, as a parent now, you know, with so many responsibilities, you can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Like, of course. Yeah. She gets to go away for the summer. She's carefree. She gets to go with this family who will buy her whatever she wants and, and take her places. And like, she doesn't have to deal with the trials and tribulations of having a, a, an incredibly sick child, you know, like, so you get that. You get that. But she also makes the decision after Nathan dies to leave. And it's just, why? You now have, like... I almost feel like there had to have been some kind of relationship between Tawny and the Countess in in oh. some way. Oh, so maybe they like, were Like, not just... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Not Maybe not... I, maybe not full-on, like, yeah. love relationship, but a relationship based on love mm-hmm. to... to go halfway across the country where were they new mexico to go to yeah. florida yeah like and that's she just that's yeah. far to, yeah. to go with somebody to just be like bye i'm leaving my family i'm leaving my family see to you go later be the caretaker for her um, and it's kind of it's honestly kind of surprising in a way too that the countess uh let like asked her and let her do that in my right. opinion like this is a woman who yeah she was very much like not interested in families and not interested in being tied down to that kind of thing. But at the same time, like she was super close to like Lamb and his family. Which and, like, that was a weird thing to me is that she had a tie to them mm-hmm. too. Like I, yeah. which I guess if Lamb was originally in New Mexico with Phoebe as well, I could kind of see it. But well, it, was, I, it just seemed far fetched. Well, it was like it was it was basic. Lamb's family was the rich family, right? Yeah. So I, I mean. Look! Look at it. In my opinion, when you when you're talking about rich people, like all, whenever I talk like about countess? they all fucking they all fucking know each other. <laughs> That's true. They, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they they go in the same crowds because. They're the that's only people who can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, all right. So that's like, that's where I thought about that. Let's see. Yeah, so I really, I I was struck by how much I disliked her, but then also could relate to that in a certain way. 
So I'm going to jump back to one of the things that I flagged that I thought was hilarious was when they were reading the old books Mm -hmm. at the beginning. Um, That night in the room, they took turns reading aloud to one another, breaking up over the language, but disappointed neither book had pictures. (laughs) Caitlin Caitlin said, coitus interruptus sounded like something you ordered in a French restaurant. (laughs) They used the dictionary and lamb study to look up cunning linguist, fellatio, dingleberry. The last was their favorite, dingleberry, a small clod of dung as clinging to the hindquarters of an animal i love that i literally laughed out loud when i yeah. read that I'm like, this book has dingleberry it was so funny to me because like she actually gets caitlin to start taking more showers because she says she's you're like, gonna you're have filthy dingle- yeah, yeah you're, filthy, you're nasty you're gonna have dingleberry and then like something else becomes dingleberry wasn't the like the chicago boys do they become the dingleberry yeah or something i think like so that? i think so yeah them and the and the, i just i really when the chicago boys came in i just got like super happy yeah. i don't know i was like maybe part of me like knew that her and gus remembered that her and yeah. Gus get together but like just that whole the whole dynamic the like, dynamic of having all of those hormones yes. in one building at oh that age God. and just being like who's gonna see each other naked yes. who's gonna fart who's gonna pee on the seat like yes. all of that exactly and I did I did love that like you know Abby um the entire time she kind of has this sense about them the the Chicago boys and Vix yeah. and she wants she yeah, but she wanted, one, to, she wanted Daniel yeah. to be the one, her son. Which is kind of weird because she kind of adopted of, yes. Vix as a daughter. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, you can't have her. I don't know. Yeah. Abby Abby and Lamb were much more parents to Vix than, like, Vix's own yeah. parents. And, like, I love how they they took her in and made her one of their own and, like, said basically you know when it comes to your education you will want for nothing here like which was awesome yeah it was absolutely was it's such a cool thing like and i know that like probably tawny you know um resented that a little bit because she couldn't give that to her daughter and i understand that but at the same time she can't be upset about it yeah for sure for sure it's it's something that's helping her daughter better herself you know what i mean so i want to bring up something really quickly um so when she finally gets the invitation to the wedding uh, of Brew and um, Caitlin, and the date is July 31st, 1990. Uh, It's my sister's birthday. It's Harry Potter's birthday. Uh, And it's Vix's birthday, which she's like, nice of them to choose Vix's 25th birthday for their wedding date. That way you'll never forget our anniversary, Caitlin told her as if. (laughs) Um, But like, I read it and I was like, oh, that's Rhiannon's birthday too. Because the whole time you're reading about uh, Caitlin and Vix like celebrating her birthday birthday every year, but they never give the The date of it. So like to see it like written down as July 31st, I was like, oh shit. So yeah, that's my sister's birthday. That's Harry Potter's birthday that's jk rowling's actual birthday it's, it's just fun it was just funny to me to see it like written there in person i was like why is it why is my sister's birthday always somebody's freaking always the special thing. birthday yeah and then there was um hang on there was something i flagged on 299 let me just take a peek at it really quick and i think it just has honestly the like this is the thing about this book reading it as a 38 year old and i'm sure you felt the same way too but also bringing in the nostalgia of being a kid or whatever. Um, there's just so many things in here that you look at differently as mm-hmm. you're an adult. Um, so then there was this, there's uh, 299, page 299. As a kid, Vix had had some warped idea that grown up meant having a job and living on your own. It meant no one could tell you what to eat or what to wear or how to behave. It meant it was okay to have sex with guys. What a joke. So I love that quote only because, yeah, 
That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what you think about when you're a kid. I nobody's can't wait to, tell go you up. to go to bed. Nobody's going to tell me to do anything. And I fucking wish I had somebody to tell me yeah. what to eat every day. Like, yeah. what, like <laughs> I wish somebody had oh made it for me. Exactly. Picked exactly. out my clothes. Oh my God. We don't. That's why I like dresses because it's one article of clothing. Yes, no thinking. Exactly. Exactly. And as children, like we don't, we take for granted that stuff that we don't have to do and worry mm-hmm. about. And like, when you're an adult, it becomes all your responsibility. And it's just, I don't know. I just thought that that was funny to, uh, like, it just encapsulated so many of my own feelings. Yeah. All the like time. when you walk into the pantry or the kitchen and you're like, what am I going to have to eat? Fuck, yep. somebody needs to go grocery shopping. Somebody, oh, yes. shit, that's me. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, well you, John, does it. In my house, good. John yeah. does it because if I go, yeah. it ain't going to be good. <laughs> I mean, Luke, <laughs> do, Luke does it a lot, too. But it's it's not... I'm not going to get exactly what I want unless I go right. to the store. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I have three quick little things that I flagged that I thought were hilarious mm-hmm. um, as I was reading them. Just ironic hilarious. <laughs> uh, so page 327. Her father's in the hospital. So she called to talk to her mom, Tawny, and Amber answered her sister's daughter. Okay. Mommy's in the bathroom with Ryan. He's got diarrhea. Who's this? Aunt Victoria from New York. Mom, Amber shouted into the phone, it's Auntie Vix. She pronounced it as if it were some right-wing political group. <laughs> and as soon as, I, like, I read it and I immediately thought, anti-vax. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, it's a right-wing political group. That is so They exist. Funny. Anti-vix. They exist. Oh my God, anti-vix. Um, so then funny. the next one just seemed even more ironic of the fact that my book last week was Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And I get to this point, and I, I was reading this, I finished like the last probably 100 pages in bo- in bed one night. I was like, this is, I just need to finish it. Um, Vix follows her gate, follows his gaze, and there they are, the Chicago boys together again. Aww. She's Alice, fallen down the rabbit hole. Her <laughs> whole history is connected to the guests at this party. And I was like, ah, Alice, I, Alice. <laughs> that is so funny because as I was reading it, that flagged in my mind too, that holy shit, we're talking about like, both your of mine and your favorite and book is connected book. to yes, yeah. in some way, and like I loved that, and I can't believe I didn't flag that to to like talk about as well. But so funny, yeah. Like I, I don't know, that's just yeah. one of those things. Like what a funny coincidence, you know? I mean, it's it, everything. There's a lot of references to Alice in Wonderland and yeah. things, but the fact that it was in your favorite book, was yeah, fantastic, super funny. And then the last thing that I flagged is page three eighty seven, and it's. Sharky's little interlude, and it, it's just Sharky saying, "What did they expect?" <laughs> like he is such a sideline player. He really is. Who's there the whole time? He's aware of them. the The fact that he was like slightly intrigued by his sister and her friend was yes. a little bit like right on the verge of creepy. But then he went and he made something of himself, and he he's yeah. doing all this yeah. stuff. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "What the fuck did they think was going to happen?" Like mm-hmm. she's crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. So what he's talking about there is Caitlin disappearing after yeah. she gets married and has a kid. Yes. And she's like, run away from all of her problems for always. Always. Like always. as soon as it's uncomfortable, she's like, nah, yeah. I'm out. See you later. Ah, I'm See gonna you later. go to Seattle. Ah, I'm and gonna go to a monastery in Mexico. Where like, does she get that from? I mean, that's Phoebe. Yeah. That's her mother Phoebe. Like, yeah. I mean, so she Just lives super free spirit. Yes. Doesn't I mean there there's a difference between free spirit and just being completely selfish when and it comes to certain things and irresponsible. And, and like, unfortunately, Caitlin what is on the, the bad side of that. You know what I mean? Because she has this daughter and 
she just decides when this baby is, I can't even remember how old, like six months, she just leaves. It's like a year. Yeah, right yeah. around a year. Or right after her second birthday, maybe? First birthday, second birthday? I can't remember exactly when. I don't know. But like, in, in my opinion, she married Brew simply for the fact that she knew it, it would, would bother Vix. Yes. there. There's no other reason for it. And if you're talking about a friendship, you know, that like... Uh, a, t- a 15 year friendship or whatever it is at this point um close to you know and um you're just out of the blue calling somebody and saying hey i need you to be my my maid of honor would you do it and uh then you say oh yeah that's great who are you who are you marrying and it's your it's your first love. love your first you know you had you had sex this is the fir- your person you lost your virginity to person they both lost their virginity yeah. to actually but um devastating like i can't even imagine how that would feel i i was so pissed yeah like the fact that the night on the beach when they were celebrating vix's birthday and they had like that random everybody's wasted the interlude thing yeah of guys and she realized it um and you almost felt like something like that had happened but it wasn't explicit enough to be like was there enough time right could it have actually happened? Yeah. And then for Caitlin to not ever address it until her fucking wedding to the guy mm-hmm. that Vix has been in love with forever yeah. and constantly thinking about and yes. going back to. And it just was very bitter feeling. Like, I think even the worst part about all of that. So Vix leaves after that, right? She leaves mm-hmm. and she finds out a couple weeks later that Nathan has died. Mm-hmm. And um, so she flies home and then we don't know anything else, but she gets back and she goes, she goes back to brew and they're, you know, they, everything, whatever right. they, they were together for years, basically. Yeah. But then to know and find out that Caitlin came out to New Mexico to be with Vix while Nathan, you know, while she's mourning Nathan, even though they had had this horrible, awful knockdown drag out fight. And then to know that she went back to the vineyard and, and slept, slept with, with her, boyfriend. her boyfriend. Yeah, is but terrible. Were they broken up at that point in time? Because weren't no isn't that one. She was crying the whole way back. They were the not road trip the whole way back. Brew and Vix. No, and then they get back, and Vix was like, "I'm done." No, that was that was way after that. Okay. That was well after that. Vix is in college by that time. Okay, um, this is like literally Early. the first summer that they are okay. that her and Brew get together, okay. and she has to leave suddenly, and she needs Caitlin to go tell him why. So Caitlin goes to okay. tell him. Caitlin puts on this little sob story and sadness, and then and then she actually loses. Like she had faked all of the other losing her virginity and yeah. having sex with all these people, and she actually loses her virginity to the same guy that Vix did. And like that's not an uncommon thing. Like guaranteed, you go back and like you. Like, there's certainly, like, <laughs> your friends have lost your, their virginity to maybe the same guy that you did. You know what I mean? I like, don't know that there's any definite virginity loss in the same, but yeah. there's definitely... Slept with. Similar. Yes, so for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things that happens. But, like, it's just you read it and it just le- leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Like, this is, this is you know, the, the person who you thought you could rely on no matter what. And... Um, two two people two people you you thought that you could rely on no matter what and why would you do that to me and never tell me about it the fact that brew never mentioned it to her either yeah was really frustrating Mm -hmm. because i i mean it's one thing for one person to keep it as a secret 
whichever of the yeah. two, but the fact that they both didn't tell her, I just, I don't know. And then yeah. Brew being a dick that he is, attacks her in the night of his, the night before his wedding, or the night of or the night before? The, the night, night before, before, right before, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, and like they start, and I was like, this was one of those things as I'm reading it, and I'm like, I think, I think it, I'm remembering that they have sex the night before the wedding, and like, I'm dreading that a little bit, you know, and they do, they sleep together that night, and she has to walk back in the clothes that she was wearing at the, to yeah. the, um, uh, uh, what the hell is it called? The, what's the fucking thing? The rehearsal dinner yeah. thing. Yeah. Any, all of that aside for a, a second, like... I just, there was one point and I didn't flag it. So I, I won't even, I don't even know if I could find it, but the, the year that they do turn 17, you know, Gus is the, the girls are, Vix especially has like bloomed bosom wise. Like she's got, she's some, got some titties. She's got some, she's got some big titties. <laughs> and, um, and Caitlin's got none. Exactly. That's where. Take that's where that, tall skinny yeah. bitch. Yeah, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> fuck you and your blonde hair. I got boobs. Um. <laughs> anyway. Oh shit, the gin is hitting, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's like I think the girls are getting ready in the bathroom to go to bed, and they're just like in a in a t shirt, like Vix is in a t shirt with underwear on, yep. and you know she's brushing her teeth, and the the Chicago boys are like rapping on the on the bathroom door, and like Gus just has this little interlude where he's like, "Holy shit!" When she opened that door, I thought I was gonna freaking pass yep. out, basically, <laughs> and I'm just like, "This is what I mean. I want them to get together because I just I feel like even from like you know they were only." what 14 years old 13 years old when they actually met these boys and it's just so cute like a couple of years go by and you there's nothing there you don't see them and i don't know it's not just your friend's sort of brother's friend it's all of a sudden like oh it's gus yes and i just i just love that in the end they they get to they get married and they have a baby together and maybe more babies i don't know but like i i love it i i just that whole part of the story like as i was reading it the second this time i'm just like i really hope she gets with god i don't remember <laughs> i really don't remember and i hope she does you said it's been a long time since you read it right it's been so long and i honestly like this book has traveled with me so to Forever. so many yeah. different places. I mean, I if I bought it in 1998, that means I was living in Skahari. Then I took it. I would have taken it to college with me. Then I would have taken it. You know, when I when I moved out of there into my apartment with John, I've read it several times. I wish I could remember when the last time I read it. Probably, I would say probably early 20s. So at this point, it's uh, been more than 15 years. No, more yeah. than 15 years. So reading it again it was just like. I, a warm hug. Well, it really was. It really was. It was almost like coming home in a way. Yeah. Like, you know, this was, this has forever been, ever since I read this book, has forever been at the top of my favorite, favorite book yeah. list. And, you know, you can always add those other ones in. Like, I I always used to call the book um, Catcher in the Rye my favorite book. And I love that book. I really do. But as you know, it didn't make the top five list. Yeah. Um, 12 list. 20 it's, list. Yeah. Whatever you 20, it's about yeah. 20, whatever it was. But, like, this is the one that I constantly come back to. And it, it's literally because even though we didn't live it, I feel like I lived it. The parts of it you did. Yeah. You didn't go to Martha's Vineyard. You no. didn't have a best friend that was rich that yes. took you there and you met Daniel and Gus. But yeah. 
you had those experiences. Absolutely. The feeling They're of different. seeing mm-hmm. somebody at a j- summer job and walking yep. in and seeing them there yes. and being like, oh, yes. I found where he works. Yes. Like that feeling of Absolutely. I found where he works. Absolutely. Oh, you had to go home and tell your friend like, we I, know where he is now. Like this, just because this is a nostalgia, like this is literally a nostalgia podcast right now today. Um, you know, I, when I was, uh, 16, I started working at How Caverns. And mm-hmm. like, if you're from upstate New York, you know exactly what How Caverns is. Um, or you've never been there. Or you've never been there. You've never been there. <laughs> I've never been there. What? <laughs> Katie. Oh my God. You know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to do something. We're going to really, do like, like a day trip. Uh, yeah, listen, How Caverns is great. But if you travel up just like two miles up the road, there's secret caverns. It's part of the same cave system. It's better. That's all I'm going to say about that. I just like I got my job at How Caverns. I was a tour guide and I fell in in deep love with this boy. And thankfully, he liked me back. But he was one of those guys who was like, I don't want to I've never had a girlfriend. I don't want to do that thing, blah, blah, blah. But he was also one of those guys who told every girl that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, I was in love with him. And then I found out that he was doing that kind of thing, like saying oh, to every girl, never had a girlfriend before, which is not true because we had been dating at that point, you know, whatever. So, you know, I, it's just it's just like lived in experiences like taken directly from this book. I yep. just feel like, you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. all of that stuff. And I love it. I love it. I just give me. Give me teenage girls all the time. Emotions yes, and like flirty. And, and it's the first, just, it, it's all, it's all first kiss. Yes. That, that whole sense of first kiss. Yes. And first emotions yep. and first touches and first all of that, that as married women, we don't get that shit we don't, anymore. We don't get it anymore. <laughs> and like, you, you just have to, you have to live it a different way now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to read about it in certain books or you have to remember it. And, um, God, like it's getting harder. A lot of it it. does. It does because it's getting harder and harder as you get older to remember your first experiences for certain things. And until you read something that triggers it, you know what I mean? So like, um, I don't know. This is just, I'll never take this off my, my favorite books list. Honestly, I really won't. Um, so I actually, when you posted on Instagram the other day, our list of upcoming books, um, and I shared it. I don't know how things As your were. Instagram story. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I made it show up on Facebook too. Oh my God. Um, I was so mad at that. I, I, I did the same thing the other day. I was like, I didn't want to share that on Facebook. Shit. <laughs> well, I don't know how to make it not. So here I am. Um, I had a girl that I used to work with at Applebee's forever and a day ago that I was pretty close with. Um, in the way that restaurant relationships work, like I was super close with a lot of people that I've worked with at mm-hmm. restaurants. And then as soon as somebody doesn't work there anymore, you're like, yeah, we're going to stay in touch. And then it doesn't right, happen. Exactly. But um, she reached out to me and she wrote Summer Sisters and then Four Hearts. I've read that book about 20 times and Aww. I said, I fucking loved it. But the fact that she saw that thing and then sent me a direct yeah. message about it or DM if you're hip. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah. I love it. So, I love Julie, it. I hope you listen to this episode. Yeah, please, please. Um, I think I just, I think I briefly just want to touch on, obviously, the ending of the book. Um, we can't, we, should. we can't we have end to. without talking Ugh. about the ending of, of the book. Um, I, I love the ending of the book is hard. It, it's tough because <sighs> Caitlin calls, 
I believe Caitlin calls Vix and says, I'm in such and such. She's in Europe, right? Yeah. Paris? Um, Not Paris. I don't know that it's Paris. Maybe somewhere in Italy. I feel like it's somewhere in Italy because she's saying she's marrying an, an Italian guy. So basically, Caitlin disappears, leaves Brew, and leaves their daughter. Take it to Milan. Yes, Milan. Okay, so they're in Italy. Um, With train connections to Venice. So Venice. Okay, okay. There you go. There <laughs> All you go. There, Italy. It, either way, Italy. So she disappears. She leaves Brew and Maisie. Um, and uh, Maisie is the daughter, Was obviously. after her first birthday. I did find that. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, and she just randomly calls Vix and says, I'm, I'm basically, I'm buying you a ticket. Please come or whatever. Yep. Right. Come celebrate your 30th. Um, that's right. That's right. It's her 30th birthday. So she goes out and like, I love that they got that. I love that they got that closure yep. together. What I hate is that you, she leaves, Vix leaves expecting this, uh, answer, like a specific thing, like. So Caitlin tells her that she's going to marry so and so, or she has to. She has to, she has decide, to decide whether or not yep. she's going to marry this Italian guy, and she's going to take a ride on her sailboat and and decide and and you know basically like commune with the earth or the sea and like decide whether or not she's going to marry this guy. And Vix says, you know, um, I went home and I was expecting a call with a yes or no, and I never got that call. And then it jumps to the epilogue. And we realize that, or we understand that Caitlin disappeared, whether that be she's dead. I assume she's dead because they found her boat with nobody on it, nothing, whatever. Where could she possibly have gone? So I have to also assume that she's dead because all of her life, she has done these grandiose things to bring attention to herself and the focus on her. And I feel like... If she wanted to disappear, she would have done it bigger mm-hmm. and she would have reached out to Vix Absolutely. and left a trail to Absolutely. Vix. And the fact that she didn't and the fact that she didn't do anything and that she left it up in the air is more telling to her being yes. dead than yes. not. 100%. The fact that it's not clearly said mm-hmm. is my one gripe. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm with, I'm with you on that. I, I hate when it's just not like, she's dead, that's it, whatever. It's just, I think it, I think it's just more striking and poignant if it is not said explicitly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because, yeah, it, it's pretty, it's pretty likely she's dead because where would she possibly have gone? They found her boat in the middle of the ocean and um, no sign of her wherever. And that whole last conversation, you can kind of tell she's got some depression issues and she's trying to... She's asking about her daughter. She's asking about her daughter, who she left. Come back. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Like, I think that, I think that, like, reading that last chapter, you kind of get a sense that maybe you have, like, a little bit more context of, like, the previous stuff that you had, had read about. Like, it's obvious, like, that Caitlin had some depression issues and, like... When you when you're looking in, in at that, a situation like that with a person of Caitlin's like personality and like she's so open and out there and um uh friendly and wanting to make people laugh and smile and whatever and uh it's almost like a mask and and it, it's just one of those things and like um you know I have I had a friend who I felt the same way about. And never would have anticipated or expected that he would have um, killed himself, but he did. 
And it's one of those things like you don't know what other people are going through until it's square in your face it's like right this there. is what happened this is what happened yeah. which i and feel like that's a that's a common occurrence at this point absolutely and that we absolutely a lot of times when people commit suicide it's yes it's well they didn't see that coming yes but that that in and of itself is almost a flag correct and it's like you know people wear their humor and smile as a mask and you know there's other things going on inside of people and like there were a lot of red flags with Caitlin in the sense that, you know, she she obviously left her entire family. She married her 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 best friend's first boyfriend. She had sex with her best friend's first boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there are those flags like you, you never know what people are going through on the inside just because they throw off this bravado like personality, you know, doesn't mean that they're not dealing with something More in internal. here. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um the flakiness um, of her jumping all over the place. Exactly. Like, Should it, yeah. Huge red flag. Yeah. Huge red flag. Never, she addre- just never addressing sit. the things that meant something to her. Yes. Like the whole Seattle thing and, and the whole... That that was one of the things I did like, we've, which we haven't touched on at all, is, is how AIDS was like that underlying mm-hmm. current there. Yeah. Um, uh, through a lot of the story. Um, and the, the two guys in Seattle that at least one of them died, I think... Both, Maybe, of them both, of, both of them ended up dying. I know okay. she, one of them was dying when she talked to Vix, and then the other one had also passed. Dead. And then she just ran away from it. And yeah. she was like, no, nope, I'm going to go live in Mexico. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. And not she de- never not, deals with stuff. Not dealing with yes. that. And and that's exactly... I mean, she did the whole that same thing with Abby the whole time. Every summer, then they were out there, and she was just like sarcastic bitch to yeah. abby about yes. everything. Even though her father is obviously in love with this woman and happy, and yep. they they... They have a happy family. It's just Caitlin can never accept it. And yeah. like and that partly is like, you know, Caitlin needs to be the center of attention and like, you know, oh, this new woman comes in and she brings in her her two Chicago boys yeah. and like, you know what I mean? And her decorator skills. Her decor- and- yes. Yeah. Heaven forbid she put in a skylight and took down trees so you can see out the windows. I <laughs> wanted, okay, w- like getting less serious about this now, I wanted a better sense of what the Martha's Vineyard house looked like because- after the renovations, because when Vix first walks into it, when you, she's 12, it sounds like a fucking shack. It sounds like a shack. A dirty, you know filthy, what it reminds me of? I'm musty. Not, this shack. is funny because what it reminds me of is like, and this is like, this is. It, it reminds me of the first time I I walked into your in laws' house at the camp at and, the camp and many many years ago, and it was there was an orange shag. Yes two-inch carpet yes. like it, it, it was just you could tell this was like nobody has updated this shit since the 70s yeah and like and as the years have gone by it's gotten better mm-hmm. they've done outdoor stuff to it they did indoor st- stuff to it like fix it up and whatever so like it reminded me so much of that <laughs> like just like expecting like you're like oh they have a lake house i'm gonna ex- i'm yeah. gonna walk into this like freaking mansion or something yeah. and then it's it's a lake house great like the what you're paying for is the waterfront yeah. property <laughs> like that's it um so i would love i would have loved to get a better sense of what the house looked like after the renovations were done because i didn't really get that yeah. i mean i didn't understand like how big the house was in the first place i mean these people were rich like lamb is a rich dude right and so there's obviously at least three bedrooms yes Right? Yeah, has to be. Has and to at be. least two bathrooms, I would assume, because mm-hmm. they didn't say anything about having to share the bathroom with yeah. with Lana And they're Abby. definitely talking about upstairs and downstairs. Okay. So there's definitely a two two stories. Okay. So I would love to know. Like, I just wish I'd gotten a better sense of how 
I honestly realize that this has no fucking bearing on anything whatsoever. <laughs> but like me being like materialistic a little bit, I'm just like, I want to know what the, the renovated house Maybe looks like. Maybe <laughs> in the movie version that may or may not so, be yes. happening, they're going to give us exactly I what we want. So. Or it's going to be a small, a, a large, <laughs> grandiose mm-hmm. ranch. We're going to be like, no, wrong. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, this should be a rundown fucking shack, basically. And like, you know, going back, going way back, and I know we don't we don't have much more to talk about, but going way, way back um, to the beginning of the book, I just like the state of like Caitlin in general is like goes so against rich girl. Everything about her. Everything against like everything about rich girl like status and stuff. She doesn't wash herself. She doesn't bathe. She, her feet are dirty as hell because Not she just nothing. runs around. I fucking love bare feet. And oh, so I, do I. I. Same. I never wear shoes or socks in the summer. Ever. And it's probably within the last five years that I've paid attention to the fact that when I walk around outside all day, my feet are fucking filthy. They're and disgusting. I need to actually go in yeah. and like clean my feet. Yeah. Like I, it's not been all that recent. I don't know. Like I'm just one <laughs> of the For the fact that I'm a 40 year old woman and should know that I'm I just walk filthy. around all day and I jump in my bed like with no problem. And I'm just, that's pretty gross, honestly. I, that's a gross thing that I just said there, I, but it's true. <laughs> I didn't say I clean my feet every day that I'm walking around <laughs> Because it doesn't oh, happen. Thank you for making me feel better, Katie. I appreciate that. Um, no, there's definitely days in the morning I'm like, huh, yeah, it's, it's still pretty dirty. Gross. <laughs> still you, get dirty. The, you get in the shower and you see like the black the streaks running. Like, <laughs> oh god, it's so nasty. So nasty. Cheers but, to like, being nasty with me. Cheers <laughs> to being nasty. Let's do it. Um, but I don't. I don't know that I have much more to say. I think I touched on everything I really wanted to touch on. I just, I okay. Briefly, I do want to say. Um, I was looking up more Judy Bloom books and I do remember that there's, uh, so I, I think I texted you the, the one adult book that I was thinking about is called in the unlikely event. And again, it's based on like, uh, uh, a real place where like, uh, I think like three times in one year or summer or something like a uh, plane crashes happened in this, mm-hmm. in this, whatever. Um, that one was okay. And then there was one and I had totally forgotten about this. I think there's one called forever. Um, and then there's one called wifey definitely have read both of those books. And, and to be honest with you, cannot remember either one of them. Um, but I know that there are other Judy Bloom adult Oh, okay. Forever is young adults. Okay, so forever is young adults. Here's for adult readers, wifey and smart women. Definitely have read both of those books. Could not even tell you what the hell they are about right now. Okay. Like, so they're, they're not something that stuck out in my mind or anything like that. Um, but I have read um, previously Freckle Juice. Uh, it's not the end of the world. Then again, maybe I won't. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Margaret, which was... That was huge oh, yeah. when I read that. 100%. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, she got her period. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Double fudge, fudgemania, super fudge. Oh, yeah. Otherwise known as she- Yeah, all yep. of these. I've read so many. Aiden came home with um, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, and I, like, cried, I think. I was like, are we going to read this together? Like, I cried. And we started reading it together, and it was just one of those things where, like, he started, like, he kind of took it and read it on his own. And, um, you know, my kids aren't really readers. So like, that was a big deal to me. And, um, I was actually just going through his books recently to donate and I came across Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing. And I'm like, I just, I can't get rid of this one. I can't get rid of this one. There's certain ones. No. No matter how far past my kids get, it go, it, you know, 
if it's on Adam's bookshelf and then it goes to Eric's bookshelf. Yeah. And then when it's time for it to come off of Eric's bookshelf, it goes in a box because yep. I'm going to have grandkids. Yes, I know exactly. I will have grandkids. And if I don't have grandkids, James will have grandkids. Somebody's going to have fucking grandkids and I'm going to have to. Sh- like, Somebody's getting these books. Yeah. Pass on these books. Yeah. Um. So I don't think I have anything more to say on Summer Sisters, Katie. I don't have any more notes. The, the only thing I want to say is I'm so fucking glad that you enjoyed this book as much as i did and like i hope that it did you really think i wouldn't no not at all not at all but there was part of me that's like i I think so what i did was i went on goodreads after like you know conversation i'm just like i just want to see what other people on goodreads had thought about this book and like there were definitely some like reviews that weren't that great and it was mostly like you know character development type stuff and that kind of crap and i'm just like listen judy bloom was a fucking child's book writer you know like kids books and like i want to say this is like one of her like if not her first one of her first stabs at like an adult read and like in my opinion even you could even like in some way call this a young adult book as well as an adult book um i think the only reason why it's an adult book is because they grow up to be 30 something years old and like there's there's more sex in it than like any yeah yeah. more like life lessons or whatever and i mean like they're up to have kids so it's not yeah and I I just want to like this is a gripe that I have with people often about about like even just watching TV shows watching like certain movies like if you are a fan of something um and I'm talking about like anything like you know there are fandoms like Star Wars fandoms Game of Thrones fandoms Harry Potter fandoms like that that kind of thing sometimes it's okay to just enjoy a thing for what it is and not delve into it and want it to be yes. a thousand percent exactly. the best thing ever exactly it doesn't yep. need to touch on every single little thing that you think it needs to touch on for it to still be an entertaining read or watch mm-hmm. or whatever so i think that like as a society we have kind of gotten into a, a, a this place where we're like if it's not perfect it's not good there's a lot of negative negativity mm-hmm. in everything. Yeah. And it's if you can't find something negative about it, yeah. then you shouldn't say something about it. Right. But you have to say the thing if it's negative about it and point it out to exactly. everybody. You have to and point it out to everybody. And one of the one of the worst things in my opinion is now you can point it out to the cur- the creator specifically because yeah. you're you're in touch with you're them on Twitter or Facebook yeah. or whatever. Like, I mean, you can like physically tag these people and say your work sucks like i hate this blah 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 blah. that's not necessary no it's not about you who Mm -mm. gives a fucking shit what you think honestly like you know what i will take my shit to like politicians i hate whatever but i'm never gonna look at a creator and be like wow you fucking suck your art is terrible your art is terrible like who am i to judge what good art is you know what i mean like this was an enjoyable read for what it was yep are there problems with it? Sure, absolutely. I'm I, like, p- absolutely. Is it where winning all sorts of literary awards? No, nope. But but I enjoyed it, and I felt feelings the while fact reading that we it. Read it. <laughs> the fact that we read it in the summertime, mm-hmm. I just made it that much more enjoyable. I think I absolutely. Know. It's a number number one New York Times bestseller on the top of mine. Oh, is it really? It I is. wonder, like, oh. Who knows how many weeks? Ooh, nobody, nobody, because that information doesn't exist they anywhere. They never get that fucking information. <laughs> that is really sad to me. But, um, yeah, I'm, oh, my God, I wonder if, like, is there a date say? on the sticker? I mean, it says I bought it for 1646 It doesn't say where. Um, Definitely bought it for $22. But, no, it, there's no date or anything on the sticker. You just said you bought it for 1646 
1646, our price. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it says our price. <laughs> you and the U.S. Like, so you know how they have those fucking prices, yeah. U.S. and Canada. I don't wonder why it's so much more expensive in Canada. Just be, like, it's like the, the dollar, dollar exchange. Yeah. Something. Um, so, yeah, this says our price, 1646. It's probably like fucking media play, is my guess. Media I bought play? it at fucking media play, is my guess. Yeah. I don't know what media play is. <gasps> Sorry. Media play? That was in the, the old Mohawk Mall. Yep. That was yeah. way too far away from that. <laughs> Mine would have a yellow line and say Friar Tuck Bookstore. Oh, okay. That was it. Yeah. Or Walden Books, which we've discussed. Uh, we have discussed. So, it, like, and that would be my other thing. It would yeah. either be Media Play or Walden Books. That's that's pretty much the only option of where I got this book. I wish it said on this skew what year it was or anything like that. And I wish there was a way to look that up. But no. No. No way. <laughs> uh, okay. Katie, uh, I think we've 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 talked out Summer Sisters. Let's go to our epilogue. All right. Okay. The epilogue. Do we even know what our next book is? We do. What is it? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say it right, probably. But what we don't say when we talk about fat? Yes. Yes. By Aubrey Gordon, I think her name that is. That sounds great. And I think that we might have a special guest on with us. Entirely possible. On that date. Not in this closet. Not in the closet. We're going to hopefully record someplace else. Not sure where we're going to record. We'll see. Like, we'll do a little testing and see. Maybe instead we'll go to the bathroom. (laughs) There we go. I mean, but it'll be so echoey and my voice is already so fucking echoey. I don't know why my voice is so echoey, guys. I really don't. It really pisses me off. Anyway. um, So, yes, we're going to read that, um, which I have started I don't know if you started it yet. I haven't gotten it yet. Um, I've started it and um, it's like kind of like memory and like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, kind of like fact based, like, you know, putting in uh, um, statistics. Yes. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You. Wow. Fucking gin is hitting me hard. I, <laughs> I cannot speak right now. Um, and it's it's enjoyable so far in the sense that I like when I like when an author brings in like personal stories like Agreed. you know in in the same sense of me and you sitting here talking and talking about personal stories here like I like to mm-hmm. feel connected to somebody about right. something like that it makes that. it more relatable exactly yeah um so I I'm only like a chapter or so in and I'm interested to see where it goes it, it looks like it's it's another shortish book you know I think okay. it's only like 200 pages or whatever okay. so it'll be a somewhat quick read and um yes we I, will have a cocktail of some kind absolutely we're gonna have a cocktail and i don't know what that is yet nope but i'm really looking forward to drinking we it. didn't know what this one was gonna be until what, yesterday until yesterday okay. yeah and it was delicious you know what's really crazy what? it's hot as fuck in here and i'm getting really sweaty <laughs> you're wearing a dress i feel comfortable i like have a weird body temperature a weird body temperature i think that i just drank my drink too fast is yeah really- <laughs> it's starting to like it's definitely starting to hit me if it hasn't you know been noticeable on the podcast itself but anyway um <laughs> i'm excited for next time me too. as always me too always always a joy to sit here and talk to one of my closest friends <laughs> about books that we love to read yep please follow us on our socials instagram and twitter um at to be read pod uh email us with any questions or concerns uh Anything ever? Yeah. Don't just be the spam person that randomly emails us. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm so fucking sick of getting spam, guys. I want fans. I want people to fucking email us. Jesus Christ! So that's uh, to be read podcast at gmail.com. You should read this book, and then we read that book, which I think we're going to do in a couple. I think we are going to do the next one. 
Is it after this one? No, well, Chrissy said that she wanted us to read this one. Yeah, yeah. Chrissy was... We were going to originally pick that one for a book club, I believe. And it just... um, I think you and me decided we're going to read it for the podcast. And I think the next one is, too. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Um, So... one of which are books that we would have picked up. Maybe. Anyway. (laughs) Um, uh, Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple and Spotify. I feel like I slurred a little bit there. I'm sorry, guys. I feel like you're also repeating yourself at this point. Yes. I didn't say rate, review, and subscribe yet. That was the first time I said that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Five stars. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Guys, please join us next time. I'm going to say it right this time, I swear. When we hope to be your to-be-read pile, one book shorter. Yes! You did it! (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thank you. To Be Read is hosted by Sarah Westcott and Katie Willey. Produced, edited, and mixed by Chris Turrow. Logo concept art by Rhiannon Kenfield. Graphic design by Steve Pius. Theme song, Read to Me, written and performed by Austin Maffa. Hello. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is To Be Read. Oh, no, shit. <laughs> That's not how we start. Now I'm fucking like, oh, my God. We're so bad at this. Okay.